Welcome back inside the Man to Man studio. As I've mentioned before, it's quite the studio ranging from, well, actually, it used to range from Pierce City, Missouri to Kansas City, Missouri. But I think today it's ranging from Pierce City, Missouri to St. Louis, Missouri. So an even further, even larger studio today. Uh, But nonetheless, I am Trey Vaughn. And with me, as always, Kelvin Dooley. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. We're back for another another episode. I'm excited. Um, it was a great weekend of sports, a phenomenal, complete weekend of sports. So I'm ready to talk about it. I am. So was I correct on that? Or, or is the other half of the studio in St. Louis right now? Currently, yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Currently stationed in St. Louis. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, like you said, man, big, big week of sports. Uh of course, most of that being the MLB and the NFL kicking off its first week. Um, so we will, of course, bring some MLB discussion. We're going to talk about the AL-NL wildcard races as they just continue to heat up. Um, we'll talk about the Green Bay Packers and just how bad that performance was. Everybody's already talking about it. It was a bad performance against the New Orleans Saints. But we'll talk about just how bad we think it was. Um And before that, we will have AFC, NFC West comparisons as both divisions got off to great starts. We will also discuss last night's football game, Monday night football between the Ravens and Raiders. What a way to close out week one, Kelvin. It was an exciting game. Um, Just what what an ending to a crazy uh, first week of the NFL. But before that, let's jump into national holidays. Today, Kelvin, we got quite the list, so I just took a I just put them all down. We've got Hug Your Hound Day, National Ants on a Log Day, which is a pretty interesting one to me, so we'll come back to that one for sure. National Coloring Day. Any artist out there, today's your day. Start coloring. National Cream Filled Donut Day, National Eat a Hoagie Day, and National Cr- Live Creative Day. Uh, any of those stand out to you you want to talk about right away? Not really. Uh, none of them really piqued my interest. So I'll, I'll really, I really skip out on an opinion from those. Not to say like that they're lame or anything. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah, not really. None of them really sparked an interest. Okay, so are you aware of what the National Ants on a Log Day was? No, but I was curious. That one did. Yeah, I was okay. curious about the meaning of that one. Yeah. Okay. So I knew, I was like, what the heck is this? I had to look at it when I when I saw it last night. I clicked on it, and National Ants on a Log is well, not necessarily the national part, but this the thing called Ants on a Log is actually a snack. And I want to know if you would try this snack. It is like celery cut in half, filled with like like with the center, you know, the circular center part, filled with mm-hmm. peanut butter, and then raisins on top of those peanut butter or on top of that peanut butter, giving it, of course, the ants on the log. Uh, the celery and peanut butter makes the log. The raisins make the ants. Is this a snack you would eat? No. I Me would either. try. <laughs> oh, yes, I would try. I don't think I would like that, though. I'm not a huge fan of raisins. Um, celery, yeah, but nah. Uh, I love it. I would try it, but I don't think I would like that, so no. 
I guess I would try it just because I'm not really afraid to try any food unless if it's just like something that's so hot, it's going to, you know, make me uncomfortable, uh, like spicy hot. Um, but I would try it just because I'm not afraid to try any food really. But I, yeah, I don't think I would like this at all. Um, the other ones, national coloring day, national live creative day. Uh, I, I don't know if you like to get real creative or artsy. Um, I'm not a huge artsy guy, but I would say I'm creative. I like to do some creative uh, things, I guess. I have quite the imagination, I feel like. But coloring is not my thing, for sure. I'm not a huge coloring person. But my fiancé is, so uh, I know there are plenty of artists out there who uh, can take advantage of this day. Yeah, color on, artists, color on. Uh, National Creamfield Donut Day, man. I love me some Creamfield Donuts. Is that is that You said you weren't real huge on any of these days. Are you not a huge cream-filled donut guy either i am not i like my donuts simple and glazed that's okay. it i okay. don't uh, i could pass on everything else okay and then of course national eat a hoagie day uh seems like you could have a snack you could have a breakfast you could have a lunch i mean we got all kinds of stuff today uh eat a hoagie day just you know regular old sandwich of course i guess you know just enjoying sandwiches can't go wrong with a good sandwich absolutely I mean, you said it perfectly there. Can't go wrong with a good sandwich. Yep. All right. Before we jump in, Kelvin, today is – or uh, every day, but of, or every show, of course, but it is time for the moment of do. Let's go. Hey, that was a really good opening. That can. That was, was crisp. Yeah, that was nice. Okay. Sometimes they honestly do sound a little, it's like, eh, that one wasn't too, you can't really hear it as well. So that actually, I'm glad you said that because I've noticed that like sometimes they open way different and it's like, man, that one wasn't as loud, didn't sound as crisp, you know, when it opened, but that's what yeah. That one was <laughs> Nice. Monday night football, Kelvin, Ravens and Raiders. Ravens start out 14-0 or start out up 14-0, and then the Raiders slowly battle back, crawl back, make a game out of it. And then with quite the array of events, we end up with a tie ball game that goes into overtime. And then another crazy um, array of events, and we end up finally with the Raiders throwing a touchdown pass to win the game. Kelvin, what did you see Monday night? And is this game already a contender for one of the best of the season, or was it more of sloppy play to you? Yeah, so I did not catch the first half of this ball game. So around the time I began to tune in, it was it was an even matchup from that point on, which was, you know, midway through the third quarter. It was even football when I started to tune in and it yeah. remained that way up until uh, the Raiders walk off victory. So I did not get to see the Ravens jump out to that good lead um, that the highlights end up showing me, yeah. uh, you know, so I didn't get to see that Ravens really excel at the gate from that point on. I, it was a brilliant game. It was, I had a, a great time watching this game. Uh, this is typical Raiders football. And I think we're going to see the Ravens play a lot of games like this too. They're going to be in, they're going to lose a lot of games. TV, they don't have the depth and they don't have the talent. Like, they just don't anymore. Like, they lost three running backs and a premier corner in this league. Yeah. That's just, that's, I mean, sorry. They're, just, they're going to, we're going to see, we're going to see the Raiders win or lose games like that. We're going to see the Ravens always lose games like that. So, 
Um, but as for the game, yes, magnificent game. Um, I was it better than the Chiefs Browns? Probably not. Honestly, I think the Chiefs Browns was was cleaner, and, and I think that's what makes it a better game. They were both really fun, entertaining games, but I think the Chiefs Browns game was played cleaner. There was less turnover, less goofiness. I mean, man. And overtime, the, the Raiders have a one, and then they have a false start, and then throw an interception. Yeah, um, yes. And then yes. Lamar, and then Lamar comes right back down and can't hold on to the football. He gets it stripped, uh, leading to ultimately the Raiders, the Raiders uh, victory. So, uh, yeah, this game was just sloppy. I think it was good, but it was sloppy. And and I, honestly, I think I would put at least two football games this week ahead of it. What's the other game? Uh, I would say Buccaneers Cowboys was probably better too on Thursday night. Okay. Because okay. that was a that was uh, a fun, entertaining game as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh to that sequence of plays where yeah, you you're Lamar, they get down to a goal, goal line at the one, mm-hmm. right? Get the false start. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the rookie lineman, if I'm not mistaken, gets the false start. They end up turning the ball over. Um I mean, yeah, that it. I don't know, man. That just seems like that's going to be the storytelling of this season for the Baltimore Ravens. So they're going to compete, man. But it won't be. It won't be close. I yeah. think. That, I think that I, they won't be a bad team. You are what your record say you are. So they're just. Yeah, they're going to struggle this year, man. Yeah, um, I think. I, I think you said it well when you said it at the beginning with the Ravens. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be in games and they're gonna be competitive, but I yeah. think when it comes down to the wire like that, I think they're gonna struggle a lot. Yeah, I think I think if they can find ways to get leads and keep leads, keep scoring, keep their foot on the pedal, if they can do that on, against teams, which honestly I, they probably shouldn't be able to do that against the Ravens or the Raiders. I don't think their defense is it's not horrible, but I don't think it's that good. Um, and I think they should have been able to keep scoring. I think they kind of just. Again, maybe the running back situation is what it is, um, but they just they kind of hit a, a rough patch and, and they couldn't get the ball. They couldn't move the ball and they couldn't get the ball in the end zone anymore. Um, but I, I think you said it perfectly. When they're in close games like that, they are going to struggle um, to pull it out. Uh, both teams had countless opportunities to win the, win the game themselves and countless times they almost blew it. Um, and then, of course, the, the final straw was Lamar Jackson's fumble that ended up leading to the to the Raiders touchdown, but yeah, it just um, tough game. But it was a fun game, uh, and, and I am concerned about the Ravens after Week One. I was saying I didn't think it hurt them too much, other than Peters. But I, I think I think losing Peters is probably enough that that this will come back to bite. These injuries will come back to bite them. Yeah, and just to complete completed on the on the Raiders. Go for the Raiders. Um, you know, I wish them nothing but the worst, and um, you know, all 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 respect to the Ravens uh, for for a really fun, entertaining game. That was a quality broadcast and a quality game, a quality home field advantage. Uh, you know, that stadium was rocking. That was fun here. So uh, overall, pure entertainment. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Now the AFC West and the NFC West TV. Yes. Both divisions went undefeated in week one of the NFL season, kicking off the NFL season. Uh, if you didn't know, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers in the AFC West, Rams, Eagles, Niners, Seahawks. 
Uh, I'm sorry, said, Cardinals, Rams, yeah. Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks. Duh. Uh, also, all four teams, all eight teams, I'm sorry, went undefeated. TV, your thoughts on both of those divisions going undefeated week one? Um, is the, and does the AFC have an actual case as to being the best division in football by chance? So, my thoughts, I'm a little surprised, right? I mean, I don't think it's that often you see two divisions go undefeated. I think we've maybe seen at least one division start a season with, you know, with no loser in week one. I don't know if we've ever seen two, at least not recently, that I can remember. And again, don't don't quote me on this because it is possible. It is possible, of course. But I think I'm a little surprised by that. That, that, that would be my thoughts on it. Um, does the AFC West have a chance? Right now, I'm, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun this early and say they do, um, but they looked very good, uh, the AFC West, I think. Denver's defense was great. The Raiders being able to stay in that ballgame that we just talked about and, and pull out a win. Uh, the Chiefs to come back from a game that really looked like they were just in the dumps uh, the way the Browns started that game. Not, not that it didn't look like it, but, I mean, it just the way the Browns started that game, it, like it was going to be hard for the Chiefs to come back. And they manage a great comeback. Um, and then, of course, the Chargers. They battled in a close game with the Washington football team uh, all the way. So the Chargers looked good, too. I think – and they held the, the Washington football team to minimal scoring, which they did injure Ryan Fitzpatrick, which might have had a lot to do with that offense of, of Washington not getting much done. But, uh, nonetheless, all four teams looked good. And that's not to say the NFC West didn't look good. But I, I think you can make a case that, that maybe they are – going to be one of the best divisions in football, but I'm not ready to say, because we've already talked about this NFC West multiple times. They are the best division in football, in I think both of our opinions. But the AFC West, I, I don't think they're a far shot off. I think you could make a case. So the NFC West is the better division. Yes. Now, and I think come season's end, they would be the best division in football. As far as the first week, and the AFC West going undefeated. Good for the Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers. Um, you, we know what the Chiefs are going to do. Now, yeah, it was. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't pretty uh, for majority of that game. The Browns really brought it to Kansas City, man. Like they, they, they came out and punched the Chiefs repeatedly. Unfortunately, your best punch may not be enough because the Chiefs have number 15. So, I mean, I'll leave it there. Um, and then, yeah, we, we just talked about the Raiders winning. The Broncos did look good against – I just – I don't know what the Giants are. I just don't know what they are. And by that, probably I mean Danny uh, – I almost called him Danny Dimes. I don't know. We should probably stop saying that. Uh, oh. Daniel Jones. I don't – I just don't know. So, and then the Chargers pull out a, a gritty win, which that's is, that's really good for a young emerging team like that. I'm not I'm not buying into the playoff stock like stock like everybody else is uh, over the last I don't know seven to eight seasons in this division. Like the Chargers have really they they've had good teams, but okay, just just stop it. But a good gritty yeah. win against a good young um, team in Washington. So. Uh, good for both divisions. Uh, I could I could actually foresee the uh, NFC West actually keeping this up because they do have four talented teams. The winner of this division is a Super Bowl contending team because that is a tough division, man. Agreed. Uh, lastly, 
Well, actually, hang on. You, you mentioned the Chargers, and I do want to uh, stay on that for a minute. The Chargers uh-huh. have been one of those teams, like you said. Every every year, somebody's saying something about them being a playoff team, it seems like, for the last, like you said, seven, eight years, probably at least. I'm tired of hearing it, too. I don't think they're a playoff team, uh, which we, we, we do view them differently because I think you had the Chargers finishing second in this division. I had them finishing in the cellar. But – Nonetheless, I don't view this team as a playoff team at all. I think they're they're capable of being good, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, nonetheless, lastly, I want to ask you, which one is more impressive? Uh, which 4-0 start is more impressive? The AFC West, who faced the Browns, the Washington football team, uh, the New York Giants, and uh, – Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens. I think we had – I think both of us had all four of those opponents in the playoffs, by the way, or the NFC West, who the Cardinals faced the Titans, the Seahawks faced the Colts, um, the, oh my gosh, uh, the Niners faced the Lions, um, and then the Rams, the Rams faced the Bears, uh, which, which four wins are more impressive for you as a collection? Yeah, the AFC West, four better opponents. As you said, I think we have all – we share those four teams in the postseason. So, the AFC West opponents at least. So, uh, yeah, the AFC West clearly had a better week. They put, I think they put on a better showing of games, more entertaining games the AFC West did. Where the NFC West really sort of largely dominated the competition. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm glad football is back, man, but to put a wrap on that, man. <laughs> Football is back. Absolutely. You got the Green Bay. Let's discuss Green Bay next, Kelvin. Yeah, Green Bay Packers. (laughs) The Green Bay Packers. Uh, Talk about entering the season with a whole lot of excitement and and drama, and not not drama, drama within the locker room that was on full display during the offseason between Aaron Rodgers in the front office, they open up their season. They follow up that tumultuous offseason with a shellacking at the hands of the Jameis Winston New Orleans Saints in a in a home game for the Saints that was played in Duval, Jacksonville, uh, the stadium of the Jacksonville Jaguars. TV, your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers leading the Packers to that worsome <laughs> beat that they took on Sunday. Look, I'm glad you mentioned it already because that was one of my points. A home game that wasn't at home. Green Bay already had the upper hand. They're playing a road game at a neutral site. You've already got the upper hand in that situation. Um, And then you come out and you perform like this. A team that I think – a team in the New Orleans Saints that I think a lot of people are doubting for whatever reason I don't think is is correct. I still have them as a playoff team this year. But I think they are being, being doubted this year simply because Drew Brees is gone. They're kind of questioning what Jameis Winston can do. Um, Look, they still have a good defense, and they still have offensive weapons for Jameis Winston to throw the ball to. And a lot, uh, Sean Payton is a great coach, a great leader. Um, But nonetheless, Green Bay as a team, that's what I'm worried about. I I did all that complaining to Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, and and look, he he played bad. But the team is what I'm worried about. You cannot have that kind of an advantage. A team that is, um, I mean, look, a, a team that, that people expect to be worse than you, and you come out and you get drummed 38-3. to three. Not only do you get beat bad, but you don't even get in the end zone. 
That's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing performance from the team as a whole. I'm not too worried about Aaron Rodgers. He had a bad game, but the team as a whole, he played bad, and the team was horrible. The the wide receivers coach, the head coach, the guy who rubs Devontae Adams' calves to make sure they're okay on the sideline, the water boy and the water girl, every coordinator from top to bottom, this team was not prepared, and they got embarrassed in week one. Yeah, I don't really have, I, you know, a hot take for this one. I'll just say Aaron Rodgers, he's lucky that it's week one. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all I really got, TV. He's lucky that this is week one because we just seen Patrick Mahomes have a similar performance, just just, just like that one, just when similar that? to that one in the Super Bowl. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Not week one, sorry. Yeah, not, yeah. not in week one against the Cleveland Browns in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes and his team had a similar performance, getting beat down in a similar fashion. He's just lucky this is week one, okay? Yeah, because and there were a lot of other great things going on. I don't think there's a huge headline in this. They got beat down. They didn't come with the proper energy for week one matchup in a neutral site. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they took away from the opening of the NFL season, opposed to walking into a, a, a packed house and raining booze. You walked into a neutral site, you know, that's lacks your colors and your fan base and so on and so on. So they came flat. They got beat down on to week two. So, yeah, I, yeah, I don't really have a lot to take away from this matchup. I, see, I guess I, I guess I uh, see uh, at least see. for the Packers. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I see it differently, and I'm glad you said that because I think the Saints were very impressive, and I think they proved that they're still a competitive team. Um, but, yeah, I guess I just look at it a little differently. Like, you got a neutral site instead of having to go into one of the toughest stadiums in the in the Superdome. Like, come on, you, you already got a, a slight advantage by not having to go to the Superdome, in my opinion. How do you not come in prepared, and how do you come in and get beat down that badly? as a team who was in the NFC championship last year. I just – they underperformed. I'm calling them the Green Bay Slackers after this week. Next week, if they go and take care of business against the Lions, they can get their Green Bay Packers name back. But right now, they're the Green Bay Slackers. And, again, this goes from the from the training room to the water boy to the coordinators. This is everybody, not just the players, not just Aaron Rodgers. This is everybody. They were not prepared for this game. Yeah. They, they want, and yeah, I mean, credit to the Saints for putting it on them, and they Absolutely. did it uh, in a dominant fashion. And they really inserted themselves early, 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 early in this season. Um, as a team, you know, that should be – you should reckon this team on a week-to-week basis. It looked like they could – you know, that's a well-coached team, very disciplined. They know what they're doing. Absolutely. Uh, how about Marshawn Lattimore? He played well, and he just got his big contract – I think that morning or like the day before or something, he just got that huge contract. Um, so Marshawn Lattimore got, uh, I think, five years, 90-some 90 90 some million. Uh, so big contract for him, and he played well shutting down Devontae Adams for the most part. I mean, Devontae Adams didn't have a horrible game, but he also didn't have that much of an impact. So big game from, from Lattimore. Yeah. So, yeah, congratulations to Lattimore. He got paid as if he was the best. He is clearly not the best. I don't think Lattimore is a top five guy. But congratulations, he got paid. I, I mean, I'm proud of him. So, yeah. uh, good for him. Yeah, uh, he, he's the top corner on their team. So, somebody's got to be at the top uh, in, in New Orleans, I guess. 
Uh, maybe not in the NFL, but in New Orleans, he's got to be at the top. Let's jump into baseball, Kelvin. AL and wild card races, like I mentioned, are just getting better. Uh, the teams are even tighter, All b- both races. Let's start in the American League, where to- the Toronto Blue Jays have overtaken both Boston and New York for the top wild card spot. What are your thoughts on that? Good for the Blue Jays. Uh, they're the hottest team in baseball right now. Um, what I what I hope to see is what well, not hope, but what I'm questioning is how long can they sustain it? Because we've seen the Red Sox make this run, they fizzled out. Now they're kind of even kill. Most recently, the Yankees have made this run. They have kind of tanked, not tanked, but they've kind of fallen off. Yeah. The floor has kind of fallen uh, for the Yankees, or a better expression expression. They are currently free falling. How about that? Uh, since yeah, they got really, really hot uh, over a 20, 30-game stretch. They are now free-falling. And now it's the Blue Jays' turn, and those bats are, you know, not that they've ever tailed off, but now they're really hitting. They're really scoring runs. Um, yep. How about this, TV? It sucks that Shohei Atani kind of exists because the best player the best player at the <laughs> plate in the American League has been Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, so, he just broke, he I just mean, broke his – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's just – so, yeah, good for the Blue Jays. I hope Hopefully they can sustain it because I would like to see that 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 young core, that player in Vlad uh, Jr., I would like to see those guys in the postseason. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right, man. Too, too bad Shohei Otani is the, is the man because Vladdy Jr. has been great this year. Uh, a little a little over – maybe not overlooked, but, you know, a little shadowed just a little bit by, by the performance of – Shohei Otani, uh, but Vladdy Jr. just broke his dad's record of 44, 44 home runs in a season. Vladdy Jr. hit 45 last last night or the night before. Um, so, congrats to Vladdy Jr. for breaking his pops's his pops's uh, personal record. And guess what? Vladdy Jr. still got plenty of time to play. Uh, so he'll probably break break the, his own personal record again. Um, before before it's said and done. So 45 home runs so far this year, and he's going to add yeah. to that. So but back to the wild card. Much. Go ahead. I know he, if he wins the triple crown, and he's the leader of two of the three categories, which is home runs and RBIs, if he wins a triple crown, there shouldn't be no way, no reason why he shouldn't at least get the AO MVP award. Give Otani the Cy Young, which you probably – I don't know. You could probably make the case that he doesn't deserve that. You could probably give that to Garrett Cole. Yeah, yeah um, I think so. Yeah, I mean, like he deserves and for winning the triple crown, which is an award, which is an award in itself. He yeah. should probably at least get the AO MVP. Yeah, but see, to, to get the triple crown, you have to lead in all three. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if he gets the triple crown, yeah, it'd be hard to not say he's the AL MVP. And let me throw another thing out there. You winning record for your team again. I know there. I know there's some iffiness on that because it's not. This is an individual award, not a team award. But when you look at the Angels, they're nine and a half games out of the wild card. They're not going to make the playoffs. Is I mean, can you give the MVP to a guy like that when you have a guy like Vladdy Jr. who's leading a team who's going to make the playoffs? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can give it to Otani when his team's not in the playoffs. I don't know. It's tough. You can, no, no. but it's tough. 
fair point because I use the same argument against Mike Trout. Yes, he's a five-tool player, and he's magnificent at being a five-tool player. Like, he's not only five-tool, but he's an elite of the elite. And he has the numbers and the and the play on the field to back it up. But he lacks that postseason success. I cannot knock Shohei for the Angels getting in the postseason. Knock Shohei for, the, for his team's lack of uh, overall success because he has clearly been the best player on the field because of his two-way abilities, and he's done that at a high level. So I can't – I don't know. Is is yeah. the two best player in ba- the two best players in baseball remain in the American League this year? Shohei and Vladimir Jr. Yeah, and, and I think honestly, I, I, <coughs> the case you're making is it's kind of because it's similar to the case you make against uh, Trout that you're making for Otani, but I think it makes sense because, like, I mean, honest, honestly, the way Otani impacts the game on both sides, like. Sure, Trout's a good hitter, but then he his team hasn't went, you know, and he does good defensively, but he can't get his team over the hump. Well, but Otani does it with the bat. He does it in the field, and then he does it pitching. So, like, the way he just impacts the game from so many different levels, I, can you really – I mean, the man's doing all he can from every angle of the field. Can you really say that, like, it's his fault, you know, or that his team – oh, well, yeah, but his team's not doing – I don't know. I. I see what you're saying, and, and I would not be upset if he still wins an MVP, but I do think you've got to really consider that guy in Toronto uh, leading the Blue Jays. It's just hard not to when his team's in the playoffs and Otani's isn't. Uh, we'll see which which way they go. But let's Before we go to the National League, let's wrap up this American League wildcard discussion real quick. Uh, the Blue Jays sit one game ahead. Like you said, they're hot right now. The Yankees and Red Sox have kind of toned it down. Um but with the Blue Jays being hot right now, you you gave the question, can they keep it up long enough? Well, they've got 18 games left, Kelvin. Do you think they can keep it up? Only a one-game lead, but do you think they can keep it up enough for 18 games to hang on to one of those two wildcard spots? I do not. Okay. I wish them the best because I would like to see, again, those bats in the postseason, but I do not think they'll be able to keep it up. Okay. I'm going to say they do. Um, They've been hot, like you said, and 18 games isn't that long. That's only three to four weeks. I think for three to four weeks, that's about a month, I think, a little less than a month. But I think they can keep it up for about three, three and a half more weeks, enough to get one of those spots. Uh, so, So you have the Yankees and Red Sox then coming back up and getting it, correct? Yes. Okay. National League, Kelvin, similar scenario. We've got the Cincinnati Reds hanging on to the second spot. The Dodgers, of course, are just blowing everyone away in the wild card. But the Cincinnati Reds are hanging on to that second spot with the Cardinals and Padres a half game behind them. Don't forget the Phillies and Mets are hanging in the balance two and a half, three and a half games out. Uh, What do you you see here in this National League wild card? Do the Reds – have what it takes to hang on to that second spot, or will they be caught by one of the four teams I mentioned uh, hanging below? I would like for it to be the Padres. Uh, I am really hoping to see the Padres get back on neutral footing, you know, get back on, on you know, and playing good baseball. Yes. Uh, down this, this final month of the season. 
regular season. Um, the, the National League race isn't as exciting, uh, but to, I'm not going to lie, TV, the New York Mets, <laughs> the New York Mets have been really fun to watch over the last week. Okay. Right? And they've actually re-entered their name slightly back into this wild card discussion. Uh, they got a lot of, you know, ground to catch. Yes. But, I, you know, their best player is looking like their best player again. Okay. And that's, that's, that's good to see. Okay. Cool. All right. I, I won't say thumbs up, but cool. Just, <laughs> all right. Let's just, let's finish this season strong, but this race isn't as excited as the American league. Uh, but it, it's, yeah, it's going to be fun coming down this latter half. I'm excited to see it still. Yeah. It's not as fun for someone who doesn't have a team in it. It's pretty fun for someone who's trying to watch the Cardinals make a comeback. Um, but yeah, man, with these teams, since you mentioned the Mets, they, they have kind of reemerged. They're trying to hang in there. They're three and a half games out right now. Um, but Kelvin, I want to point out part of you is, is 100% or, or all of you, I guess you're right on the nose. I mean, if, if you're not hundred percent, you're, you're right there. This isn't as exciting. And here's why the Cincinnati Reds are losers of their last two games and they're four and six in their last 10. The San Diego Padres are losers of their last four games and they're three and seven in their last 10. The St. Louis Cardinals have won three straight, but they have only went five and five in their last 10. The Philadelphia Phillies, who are two, two and a half games out, have lost their most recent game, and they are three and seven in their last 10. And then, of course, the New York Mets lost to the St. Louis Cardinals last night, and they are four and six in their last 10. So these teams, none of them have winning records in their last 10 games. The Cardinals are the only ones who are on somewhat of a streak having won their last three. But none of these teams are playing that good of baseball. So you're right. It's not that exciting because these teams, one, their records aren't as good. And two, they're not playing as good at the moment either. All teams are really struggling. Like I said, outside of the Cardinals' last three games, they have struggled. So, look, this is not great baseball in the NL wildcard hunt outside of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, but it still makes for an entertaining battle, right? Because we have five teams within four games of each other. So um, it's going to be interesting. I really like the Cardinals' chances. They play a lot of these wild card teams down the stretch. They've got to hold their own, right? They're playing the Mets now. They've got the Padres coming up soon. I think they still have a series left with the Reds. Um, The Cardinals hold their own destiny. I really like their chances. But you're right. This This isn't as entertaining because these teams aren't as good just to put it simply. Yeah, so I think the, the the more exciting races in the National League are the race for the National League East title and the race for the National League West title, opposed to the actual wild card slots. Yeah. I think those two division um, teams contending at the top makes for better races than who gets those final two spots in the wild card. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, that, that would definitely be – Again, it's with the with the level of these teams, it'd be more entertaining to watch one of those teams uh, try and take their division, which the Dodgers still have a very good chance of against the Giants, um, and the Phillies aren't too far out on the Atlanta Braves either. So that'll do it for wild card talk, man. Baseball season always has me uh, happy, ready to go, man. I love baseball season, even though the NFL is here, man. I love. 
I love September. I love watching the playoff hunt. But let's jump into the final segment, time travel with Trey once again. Uh, this will be the second shot at this. Kelvin, I think I, have a, I think I have a really good one today for you. I think you should enjoy this one. Um, Marshall Falk, a great running back in the NFL, as we remember him, for the St. Louis Rams, not the Los Angeles Rams. When he was in college with San Diego State, Kelvin, back in 1991, he rushed for an NCAA – on this day, September 14th, by the way. On this day, September 14th of 1991, he rushed for an NCAA record 386 yards as a freshman. Not only did he set an NCAA record for rushing yards in a game with 386, he set a freshman record, no other freshman – had ever ran for seven touchdowns in a game, which he did in this game against Pacific University, in which his his team, San Diego State, uh, did go on to win 55-34. to 34. Uh, That sounds like one heck of a day for a freshman. 386 yards and seven touchdowns, Kelvin. Yeah, that's, that's a hell of a game. Uh, if, 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 if it, it, I'm sure all it took was that performance – for people to realize, hey, that kid is a future in for a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I think so. I <laughs> think so. That performance, and on this date, so that performance comes early, early in a football season. So yeah. game one or two, and you're like, hey, that guy has it already. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. That's a good one. Exactly. I'm glad you pointed that out. Game. This would have been game one, maybe two, uh, and he's a freshman. So not just of the season. This is game one or two of his college career. And he is doing this to guys. So, um, nonetheless, over a small university of, uh, you know, in Pacific, but uh, San Diego State also wasn't a huge university. So, um, yeah, he big big time game for a guy who just stepped on the college uh, field. And then one more, uh, just another one, just to mention that I thought was interesting. 1994 on this day, uh, 26 out of 28 MLB teams voted to cancel the season after a month-long strike. I should have looked it up to see exactly what the reasoning was for the strike. I'm not aware enough of 1994, but I did think it was interesting. Uh, this is probably the only other time that we've seen a season get postponed, canceled, pushed back, like we did with what COVID did this year. Um, that, that's kind of what it made me think of, was all the seasons that got affected by COVID, we probably haven't seen anything like that since 1994 with the MLB strike and 26 of 28 teams voting to cancel the season. Yeah, I I, I was aware of the strike because my way of remem- remembering that is I was born year 1994. Okay. Um, so I just always equate that to the year Major League Baseball canceled their season or postponed it, said it suspended, whatever mm-hmm. uh, the proper term, term is. Yes. But, yeah, I was aware of that. Um, yeah, like you, I need to dig into into that a little deeper and, and why. Yeah, I just, yeah, you know, I count myself for baseball history. So yeah, well, and I just I thought it was an interesting. Like I said, it the it's standing out because of COVID and what we've experienced over the last year is kind of why it was. I guess I thought it was important, but I didn't even think to go. Oh, hey, go see why the strike happened. But nonetheless, twenty six out of twenty eight teams. Uh, cancel the season. I do think it's funny that two teams didn't want to cancel the season. I wonder which two teams were uh, like, no, man, let's keep playing. 
Fuck. Oh. Uh, that, that's a fun guess. In, in 1994, I would say the Yankees probably won to say keep going. Um, and this is just a wild guess. I'll give you a second team. I'll say the – in 94, I'll probably just say – gosh, who – the. I don't know. I just go with the Mets. Yankees and Mets. There you go. The two New York teams, maybe. Yeah. Actually, not a bad uh, guess. I would say the I'm, I'm going to guess the Dodgers, just because the Dodgers have been around for so long and they've been a good team for so long. But uh, I, I would guess Yankees and Dodgers. But nonetheless, that'll wrap wrap us up. Uh, another edition of the Man to Man podcast is in the books, and we Kelvin and I will be back with you guys on Friday. Yes. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back on Friday.